0: Welcome back to another fabulous edition of the Blue Line Brothers. I'm Frank. I'm Fred. No, no, no! Wait. Are you Fred? Wait a minute. I don't know. I Um, think I'm Fred. You must be Frank.
1: Then if you're Fred, then I'm Frank. Holy crap! Nice to know you,
0: Frank. Well, how you doing, Fred? You know, pretty darn good. It's been a long time. Well, I know. Holy smokes! Hmm. Well, needless to say, we're back. I know what it was. It was that hot beer. You're absolutely right. I tried that hot beer. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. watch out, folks. This could be a very interesting hour. <laughs> very, very interesting at that. But yes, we're we're here for part duh of um uh what did, what did we call that the last episode? Something wicked this way comes. Ah, uh, yes, the wickedness of the world. <laughs> For some reason, there's plenty of wickedness to talk about. I mean, we could probably just keep on yammering for episode twenty-five million. You know, I, and and I don't even remember what episode it was. So huh. yeah, exactly. But uh, we're we're going to continue our little uh, our little tirade, if you will, about um, how to respond to a a bona fide emergency. I mean, a real deal. Holy crap! Something just blew up, uh, like a couple train cars. Um, yeah. Well, I was gonna say not just in Ohio now in Michigan and a bunch of other places. So
1: yeah, you know, not to mention you know there was the uh, one of the ABC agencies uh, lost. What was it, one or two agents that uh, were shot by? Uh, I Marines?
0: I read a, a short Maybe. little blurb about that, but I don't. Have any other information about that? I mean, I can't really say yay or nay or what really happened because I just haven't confirmed anything.
1: Uh, you know, and and I don't want to. I don't want to jump down the uh, conspiracy
0: rabbit hole
1: and everything else. But I say that to say this: <clears throat> there is entirely too much stuff going on in this country to not come to the conclusion that we are under some. Form of invasion, whether it's from a foreign country, uh, you know, a shall we say governmental,
0: uh, you know,
1: well, something. You,
0: you, you know, my my theory but, on that. Not oh. to interrupt you, but I think it's Chewbacca's, it's Chewbacca's uh, family members and relatives well, that are coming to invade us. It's the Wookies.
1: It's, it's either that or. It could be there is an actual agreement between
0: Bigfoot and chupacabra. You're not the first to mention that. You're not. I think you might you might have a leg to stand on there. Mm-hmm. Because you actually, I don't. Did we talk about this before? I mean, we'll get back to the methyl ethyl bad stuff here in just a second, but. <clears throat> Your time in the military, you had a... We can actually, I think, define it as an encounter with Bigfoot. Did you not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you were actually under attack. Your unit was actually under attack by a Bigfoot.
1: Mm-hmm. It was uh, the uh, South Marine Air Training
0: area at Fort Lewis. Now, how long ago was that?
1: Uh, let me see. Early 90s.
0: Early 90s. Now... You, you were talking about tree throwing and a number of other
1: uh, well we podities. were uh, quick fast and uh, type of thing we were going to movement contact training and out there they have this thing that's called broom brush essentially if you take a witch's broom and you turn it upside down the bristles are in the air and it's what this stuff looks like and uh something was uh, matching us and we would move, it would move, we would stop, it would stop. You know, there was uh, some rocks being thrown. Imagine, imagine taking 42 skunks and um, 12 of them were roadkill mixed with hot garbage. That's what it smelled like.
0: So this thing needed a bath, is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. <clears throat> so you knew it was present just by the odiferous... Yeah, you, uh, you
1: could... Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was... Uh, it would burn your nostrils, let's put it that way.
0: Oh, man. Um, but
1: yeah, the, the quick answer to that question is yes. Um, that's what we have. So around. we're
0: probably going to just have to devote another episode down the pike on um, on big feet then, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that'll be exciting. That's just something else that we have to discuss. So, yeah,
1: then you know. But I I seriously think that uh, you know the Bigfoot uh, and the chupacabra are in cahoots. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I don't even remember what I was, where I was going with that. I'm sorry, I
0: didn't mean to interrupt you, but you were just about to discuss how the uh, government was. uh, conspiring against us to... Uh, oh, yeah. ...some nefarious uh, activities that you were about to...
1: So, seeing, there's entirely too much stuff going on, uh, you know, that just happen. you know, just oops, train wreck, you know, chemicals and, you know, but you will be... So much better off when you come to the conclusion that there is no government agency, whether it's federal, state, county, municipality, or it, it's not going to come and save you.
0: Okay? The Girl Scouts will not be here to evacuate you.
1: No. You know, your, your neighbors, um, they're not going to save you your your aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and cousins and grandma and grandpa, they're not going to save you. Because when it comes right down to it, everybody is worried about saving their own ass. And that's what individually the mindset that you have to have. You have to worry about taking care of you and yours first and foremost and then if you want to bring somebody else into the fold well then fine that's you know that's your demise i mean that's your decision but you you can't go off half cocked you have to have some form of a plan whether that be okay little johnny susie Get your mom, get in the basement, we're going to hang out for a while. Whatever it is. Or you want to you know, run out, get in the, the family truckster and run 120 miles an hour down the highway in the opposite direction and hope to God that you find some mythological utopia.
0: Well, now here's the thing with that. <clears throat> Maybe you have some place to go, though.
1: Well, I mean, if you have some, you know, get, it, that's it, fine too. and
0: we would never advocate breaking the speed limit by any stretch of the means. Uh, but uh, we, 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 mm-hmm. we, uh, we are merely a couple of knuckle draggers, and we are just providing some cheap entertainment. Uh, just a reminder. Uh, <laughs> well, so hey, we would uh, never advocate doing over. Oh, I don't know, 100 miles an hour. You know, 150. You know, whatever. But no, if you happen to have. Once again, if this is a part of your plan, and you have, say, grandma's house that's twenty miles away, um, and you can safely get there in a timely fashion, um, you know, it, it, you've got once again another uh, part of that um, plan might be having more than just one planned route to get to where you're going. If, and, you, and
1: if see, you are going somewhere, here's too. the thing: grandma's house is. Not a spur-of-the-moment thing. No. That is part of your plan. You know, it's not that your plan is, I have, you know, six months' worth of food and everything else in the basement. No, no, no. It's It's a loose idea of what you could do. And, you know, you have different options. I go to Grandma's house, or I could go to Aunt John's house, or I could go to Uncle Sue's house. Or whatever, and you have them in a bowl, and you can just pick and choose which ones work for whatever scenario is in front of you.
0: So you might actually part of that forethought might be, hey, you might store a few extra items mm-hmm. at Aunt Sue's house or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's where you know that kind of falls under the cachet part. You know, yeah, you, know, you you. You know that you have one particular route that you like to go from your house to grandma's house. And there just happens to be um, an old abandoned well house. Who's to say you wouldn't stop and, you know, put a case of water or, you know, a couple of granola bars there where you can stop and refuel your, you know, your body on the way to grandma's house if you say you're on foot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, these are all just little loose ideas that you either use or you don't use. But you have them in your in
0: your toolbox. But the, the more options you have, the the better prepared you are. hmm <clears throat> Excuse me. And now <clears throat> excuse me. We talk about that reaction. Let's talk about some of that knowledge we referred to in the last episode as far as what's around you and all that. Let's let's get into some things maybe like we could consider, say, pre-knowledge. Mm-hmm. In other words, knowledge that you can gain prior to an emergency or situation. In other words, you have to know the lay of the land. Okay. Now, you would think that most people, if they happen to live in a neighborhood for 10 years, would know, uh, well, like I mentioned before, more than, than one route to get to work from home. Yeah. Or more than one route to get to a supermarket. Or maybe understand that there are multiple supermarkets uh, to go to. Well, one might be surprised just how few people actually um, really know their surroundings, even in their home base.
1: I can give you a perfect example of that. So my mom lived in a neighborhood, and... She did not realize that the road, so there's her house, the backyard, and then there's the neighbor behind her, their yard, their house, and then of course they have a road. She did not realize that the road that was behind her actually went straight through the neighborhood and dumped out on the main road. She literally had to traverse all the way around to go completely out of the way to get where she wanted to go. And, and she's lived there for... Oh, God. Two decades?
0: Yep. How many times... How many times have we been on a crash scene? Or not even not even a crash scene. Maybe uh, the water company had to block the road in order to, to repair a water main mm-hmm. break. Okay, how many times did we have to direct traffic in a urban area... How many times did I have people come up? Well, deputy or officer, I've got to get through here to get home. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said, Sir, go down a block, back up a block, and back around a block, and you'll be where you need to be.
1: But, 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 I don't but know. But I, I, I don't, there. I
0: don't. How long have you lived in the neighborhood? 20 years. And you don't know how to go a block over, a block up, and a block back. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't even understand the street layout of your city any better than well that's the only way I knew know how to get home okay and we're not talking about children or juveniles here we're talking about grown adults yeah that literally don't know how to get home if their one route is blocked for whatever reason and I think about that every time I get back in my squad car to go back in service I'm thinking wow. You I mean, people can't even invest minutes within themselves to learn or empower themselves for much of anything no. these days. Okay. And this is back when I was working the road all the time. So I, it's even worse now because once again, how many times do we see people, they pull up on their smartphone, how to get to the supermarket? How do you not know how to get to the supermarket from your apartment or your house or wherever? And, and those, those
1: particular type of people are the ones that will rely on self-sufficient people and they will bring you down. Yes. They will literally deplete your, um.
0: Supplies. Supplies, Yep, resources. And,
1: and it, it goes back to part one. It's like, okay, so where do you draw the line and say, uh, you know, sorry, but, uh, you know, you're not coming in.
0: And that is a very, very difficult decision to make, especially for <laughs> people that, I mean, we all care about our fellow man. But do we? Well, officially, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Officially, we're supposed to, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, Frank's right. Uh, if if you're, you can't help others if you yourself are messed up. You have to put yourself in a, in a position where you can help others down the pike. And once, so once again, it's it's a, it's a. We almost broaden our scope, if you will. Okay, and think about this as a much more dynamic situation than just this particular minute issue right here or that particular minute issue over there. We call that in in the tactical business the the tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for us humans, we're pretty much pre-wired to get tunnel vision. So that's something of course that you might want to consider is that yes, it's very, very easy to get micro-focused on something. And while you're micro-focused on something, we have so many other things going on right around you and you have no clue. And all of a sudden, boom. Because just as we say, you know, when we train tactically, it's the unseen weapon that kills you. Okay, so it's what you don't realize, it's what you're not paying attention to that can do you the most harm. So, And once again, it could be another person or it could be a weapon hidden someplace or it could be uh, another part of the disaster, another aspect of the disaster once again. We were talking about this hazmat situation, which, you know, we have one part of it that's so severely destructive that we're talking about now. And we were, you know, uh, postulating about uh, the other um, impacts of this with with the uh, acid rain and things like that in the future that we don't yet know really the, the full impact. So once again, you know, we have to broaden our scope, but we also have to keep that scope broad when we're in... Um, the clutches, if you will, of the emergency. It's easy to talk about this stuff but it's a lot harder to practice it in, in the real world because once again you've got all kinds of uh, physiological responses that are kicking off and all kinds of muscle memory issues and stuff like that that are going on that that uh, we don't even realize is going on unless you've been in, ensconced in you know emergency or life-threatening situations in the past yourself. And that's the one thing, just like we talk about, you know, once again, on the tactical side, you can be the best student ever, okay, in a controlled environment. That's still a controlled environment. You can shoot all the bad guys with the paintball gun and do stellar job and everything, but when the poop really hits a fan in the real world and you've got real bullets flying at you, okay, that's when you're going to be faced with the, the flight, flight or freeze uh, option and uh, Let's just say you will make a decision on whether you like it or not. Well,
1: let's, let's change that to the live or die.
0: Well, exactly. That's, and that's what this situation is. So here's the thing. Just as we've talked about before in a tactical situation as far as, hey, we want as many um, variables in our favor as possible, right? That's what. what that's that's a, a really good way to try to mitigate issues down the pike. Okay, so a lot of that is knowledge-based. Okay. So we go back to that pre-knowledge thing is it okay, what can I learn about my surroundings before an emergency occurs? In other words, okay, we'll take the the small town in Ohio as an example. It's a perfect example. Once again, a nice rural, small community. Uh, I mean, how many people would literally think of, you know, dangerous situations happening in a town like that? I mean, most of us would not think of, I mean okay maybe a bank robber comes through town or you know Mm -hmm. uh, something like that or like i said before outside of an asteroid hitting the town or a nuclear device blowing up you know who you know well there's nothing of value that putin wants here you know he's not going to launch any missiles at us so okay oh holy crap there's a rail line here okay most people don't realize the threat of a rail line of course after this event uh, yeah. A whole lot more people uh, hopefully will understand and realize the threat of a, of a rail line. But here's the thing. What can you do ahead of time? Okay. In your community, if you do happen to have a rail line, well, you know what? You can go research that rail line and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. How many people even know that? Let alone most of these people, like I said, they only know one way to work and one way to the supermarket. How are they going to know uh, what goes on that uh, traverses on those tracks? <clears throat> okay. Once again, unless you're a first responder and have uh have, you know, have the training already and can go right now to a placard and realize, oh crap, that's methyl chloral hydrate. And that's going to, you know, if that happens to combust, holy crap, I'm going to need, you know, a respirator and mop gear and all this stuff. Okay. So the whole thing is we can still go on the internet now with the magic of the internet and look up a lot of this hazmat stuff and say, Hey, here are some placards up at least once again, we may not have all the up-to-date information, but you know what? We can learn a little bit about placards. You know, we may not memorize all the code numbers. Nobody can. Even the hazmat experts don't have all of them memorized, but you know what? If you happen to see a placard and you're like, oh crap, that's explosive. Okay. Uh, (laughs) you know, just in case, you know, Billy Joe Bob drives across the tracks down there and, you know, slams into the, uh, you know, derails the, 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 uh, train, you know, there's a possibility that that, uh, whatever explosive crap is in that tank might just leak out or might go boom. Okay. But knowing where those tracks go, okay. Uh, most tracks are regional. So they n- normally go to regional hubs and, and all of this stuff. So you can find out, um, Norfolk and Southern, you can pull it up online. And a lot of times it'll show a map of the tracks and, and where the hubs are and how often the train comes through and all that stuff. So you can find out this information fairly easily. But that's another thing. You walk that, If you happen to be within walking distance of the train tracks, okay, it might be wise to take a walk to the train tracks sometime. How long does it take to walk to the train tracks and back? Okay, that gives you an idea of, okay, well, they're pretty close. Okay, well, if something did happen, it wouldn't take very long for that poop to, to you know, contaminate us, whatever it might be, a leak of whatever, uh, whether it's good stuff or bad stuff uh, dairy milk could leak, you know, and, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> my kids will be out there trying to make cereal in the mud puddle, you know, mm. or whatever. But the whole thing is, um, a little bit of pre-knowledge goes a long way. It's just like going, uh, how often, well, not lately, but you know, you go to a hotel on the way to, uh, granny's house in California or something like that. If you're staying in a hotel, how many people actually, uh, before they go to bed for the night, or you know, actually go in the room for the night, actually uh, count steps to the uh, emergency door, or if you're up on a different level, how many people count steps to the stairwell? Well, why would you do that? Well, I don't know. Why would you do that? Well, let's see here. If if there happened to be a fire that that uh, happened to spur up in the middle of the night, uh, with fire comes a whole lot of smoke. Yep. You know, and you don't have to be a firefighter to understand that part, but. Uh, you have to understand that, you know, uh, you might have to be crawling or walking uh, to get out of that. Okay. And you're in a foreign building. And when I say a foreign building, you didn't grow up in that building. You know, you haven't spent years in that building growing up or anything like that. So in other words, uh, yeah, you may know the basic uh, uh, floor plan, but are you really sure if you can't see, can you feel your way to the exit door? Well, you know what, if you count your steps, guess what? At least you have an idea of how far away the door is, okay? If you can't see it, okay, hey, at least if you have to low crawl to it, okay, fine. Uh, you've got a couple of steps per crawl or what have you, okay, cool. I know that the door is over there. Once again, that gives you just one more variable on your side as opposed to um, the situation at hand. So pre-knowledge can go a long way. Pre-knowledge can, can save your ass, basically. But simple little things like this uh, to make you better aware of your surroundings, especially of where you live. I mean, once again, if you spend years, you know, some people do, they they uproot every couple of years because of the job and, and, you know, they're all across the country or what have you. And I get, and of course, actually, those people are much more akin to doing things like this. Yeah. Because they're used to entering into a, a foreign, um, area if you will foreign to their knowledge anyway just like when i moved out to colorado everything was foreign to me i i didn't outside of visiting one time to test for the sheriff's department i had no clue what i was walking into i i had zero clue and i spent all of my time and training and my uh uh, uh, uh fto time and all that stuff you know every day off i had i was out studying maps of the county or i was driving different parts of the county Uh, Or I was out reading, you know, collecting old newspapers and reading them. I was getting online and pulling up stuff because I had to learn the lay of the land. I mean, it was totally, is like somebody dropped me off on another planet. Yeah, I'd been a police officer for 15 years prior. But once again, their style of policing, totally different than what I was accustomed to, you know, 1,100 miles away. So, um, you know, we have to do this. And once again, if you're experienced, if you've had some experience going to a different place like that, uh, then you're probably already practicing or employing a lot of this pre-knowledge uh, tactic.
1: Well, and you know that <clears throat> it sounds asinine and extremely simple, but know your damn directions—north, south, east, and west. Have an idea in your head what is on the east side of town, what is on the west side of town, what's on the north, what's on the south.
0: Hey, where's the ice cream shop?
1: Oh, well, that'd be on the west side of town.
0: On the west side of town, okay. Yeah. Do they have the mint chocolate chip stuff that I like? Or do they... No,
1: that, you have to go up to the grocery store on the north side of town. Oh, man,
0: all right. So i got to burn more gas just to get yeah. to the mint chocolate chip. Oh, so,
1: dang. you know, if, if you're sitting in your house and, you know, you know the the railroad tracks are in front of you, Uh, you know knowing what is on what particular side of town so I know that the well the wind comes in from the west so if I got in my truck now and I hauled ass and I went uh, let's see southwest I am not only putting distance between that ominous orange glow but I'm going in the opposite direction that the wind is blowing I'm putting not only distance, but I'm also putting um, distance from what would be fallout.
0: And that would be considered cheap insurance on your part.
1: You know, and, and it doesn't take very long to, to realize, okay, well, let's see. The north side is this. The south side has... And all you got to do is pick out one or two key landmarks on the north side of town, on the south side of town, on this, that, and the other. So that way, you know, if you you could tell whoever you're with, you know, wife or whatever, and say, hey, uh, head to the ice cream shop. It's on the west side of town. That's all she needs to know. You're separated, uh, meet me at the ice cream shop. Boom, you're already on the west side of town.
0: That's right, simple stuff. You don't need to
1: say, All right, go west for X amount of, you
0: know, blocks
1: or whatever. (laughs) Just say, meet me here.
0: Exactly. You don't need grid coordinates. Uh, Yeah, you you don't need exact measurements. Uh,
1: Drive exactly 7 minutes and 32 seconds and, you know, no, just meet me here. Exactly. All you need is just terrain association. That's it.
0: That, and that's exactly it. just as an example. That's how I have it set up with uh, my mom and my sister. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, uh, the the first rally point is my mom's house. All right, um, if if uh, they make it there, they know to get the supplies that are in there um, and uh, hightail it to the to my mom's church. Mm-hmm. So okay, fine. Because once we get once I get to my mom's house, I know what I have stored there. They either have it or it's still there waiting for me. I collect what I need, and I know that if they're not there, they're already either at the church or on their way. So I already know. Once again, expect lines of communication to fail immediately in a real nasty (coughs) situation. And once again, we're always planning for the worst-case scenario.
1: Okay, uh, so 9-11, I was in the D.C. area. And when the plane hit the uh, Pentagon, for what was it, two days? Almost three days. You could not dial out on a cell phone.
0: Yeah, they shut the whole grid down, didn't they?
1: Everything was shut down. Well, and when it first happened, the the system was so overloaded that you could not get a phone call out or a phone call in.
0: And you were close enough to feel the shock of that crash, yeah. too.
1: and the thing is when it got overloaded, they shut everything down. So then your cell towers are down. Then your landlines were down. So the only thing you could do was rely on, okay, you know, you have a meeting point here. That's where that comes into play. Um, Trying to get from the D.C. area, because I lived north of there, in uh, um, uh, Montgomery County in Maryland, it was normally with traffic, you know, to get... (laughs) uh, Stupid area. But anyways, um, you you know, in the morning at 4 o'clock in the morning going to work, you know, you might be able to get there in 25, 30 minutes. Um, With traffic on the way back, that 25, 30 minutes is An hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes normally. Um, When that happened, uh, it was about a four hour drive. Just trying to get out of the area. Because you have to understand, if you have the forethought that, okay, I need to get out of this area. You can bet your ass that everybody around you has the same thought. And they are trying to get out. And every avenue is going to be so congested that it's not gonna work your your primary roadways are the first ones that are going to get su, su, um, congested then it's going to go to your secondary and then your tertiary and then it's just it just becomes a big massive
0: parking lot um, now you did happen to have a full tank of gas right yeah I always did. But, once again, exactly why.
1: And, you know, it's that's when you're sitting in traffic, and then, you know, we'll go back to what we talked about before, human nature. The panic starts to set in, and then, you know, people are actually starting to try and push you out of their way. Not like they're going to push you out of the way and then miraculously get five miles up the road. They're going to push you out of the way to go one car length ahead. But normal people, if you're sitting in traffic and somebody smacks into the back of your car to push you out of the way, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to put your car in park and you're going to get out. To go, oh my God, you just hit my car. Well, now you have just taken um, a traffic jam and compounded the problem because now you're standing in the middle of the roadway. It just grows exponentially and these are the things that you have to have the forethought to say, okay, uh, hmm, these are the primary ways that people get from point A to point B. Well, it's a little bit further out of my way and I'm going the opposite direction but I'm going to end up at home so you have to know different ways to get back home from wherever you are that's why you need to understand where you are and your surroundings because you may end up taking some backward ass country road that takes you 17 miles the opposite direction and then swings you another 22 miles north of where you want to be to get home but doing that you're still going to get home safer and quicker than if you sit in traffic for four hours because if you're sitting in traffic and a quarter mile up the road Somebody gets in a, a fender bender, and next thing you know, they get into a shootout on the middle of the road. Well, guess what? Now you have uh, <laughs> you have a situation that nobody's going to get through, and you're stuck on the road. And depending on what the 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 um, the, the problem is, you know. I don't want to be stuck on a road somewhere if it's a, let's just say you know, worst case scenario, uh, it was a nuclear attack. I damn sure don't want to be stuck on a road. Put me on a country road somewhere and let me fend for myself. So, yeah, it's...
0: You know, listening to you, I think... uh, We might have to conduct a non-scientific uh, knuckle-dragger assessment of stupidity multiplied. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Once again, I think that's one of those uh, episodes that'll just keep on going ad infinitum for, I don't know, a couple million.
1: Well, you know, what we could do, we uh, we have that, uh, that highway that runs around the large municipality that we're relatively close to. Um, we could... Uh, get a couple junk cars and crash into each other and then walk away from it. Right, exactly. (laughs) And watch (laughs) how it unfolds and the panic sets in and the miles of backed up traffic. Oh, yes. When people are, are not smart enough to take the nearest exit, get off of the main roads and find a way around, they just want to sit there And
0: complain and yell and lay on the horn. Well, that's because their smartphone didn't put them at the crash. Yeah. You know, according to their smartphone, they're sitting in uh, uh, Timbuktu someplace. Uh Yeah, exactly. But see, uh, and excuse me, I I do want to mention something, too. In case any of our followers happen to be offended by the things that we've just been stating, uh, think about this. Please stay offended, number one, uh, Uh, because you might be offended enough to actually go and research some of the stuff of which we bring up.
1: And if you are not offended stick around. We'll
0: get to <laughs> we'll get to you. because that we have a, a, a knuckle dragger policy around here. <clears throat> yeah, we try to offend everybody as much as possible.
1: Yeah, you, you know, know blanket we'll,
0: effect. Yeah.
1: Offend everybody equally. I exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, it, well as I'm equally fed. as possible because once again, it's all about customer service and, you know, all that. yeah, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on when we feel a little safer about divulging a few things that you Know we may or may not have been a part of earlier in our careers, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's just forget about that right now and continue on with the methyl ethyl bad stuff because, um, yeah, that, that, that's a whole thing. It, we uh, we can actually uh, do ourselves a lot of good, save ourselves a whole lot of, of, of effort and uh and concern actually, uh, later on down the pike. You know, when, a, when an emergency does happen, and once again, you notice I just said when an emergency does happen. So that's the other part of that superior mindset. We plan for the worst-case scenario. Whatever happens is a very pleasant surprise. All right?
1: Well, and you you have to, well, you, as the listening audience, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but personally, when I walk out that door of my house and I leave to go wherever the hell I'm going, I have already planned for the worst case scenario, whether it be armed bad guys or aliens coming down, uh, you know, whatever it is, I have already planned for it. Not that I have a hard and fast plan, but I have something in my head, you know, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, my God, what am I going to
0: do? Well, and there you go. Actually, that's a good uh, uh, another point uh, after we consider this whole pre-knowledge thing is knowing yourself a little bit, okay? And once again, not to sound silly, but how many of us really know ourselves? Worth a damn, anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay, once again, we, we've made reference, but once again, you know, y- you go through training, for instance, and you learn how to do this and this and this. Okay, great. That's still a controlled environment. When the real thing happens in the real world, everything, everything's off. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Because ne- never does anything in the real world happen the way people say it, it will in training. Okay? No. It never does. So that's rule number one. It's never the same. There's always something different or some stupid quirk or whatever. Like, well, I didn't plan for this. Well, that's the whole thing. You don't want to be the guy or the gal standing there. Well, I we didn't plan for this. Like, nope. Okay, fine. It's another hitch. Yeah, I might be irritated about it, but move. Boom. I move on around it. Or I do this or I do that. Okay, great. I can't go here. Fine. Yeah, am I pissed about it? Of course I am. But you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm beating feet and I'm turning the other direction because I know where I'm going. Because I already know, uh, just like what you were talking about, I've got uh, point B or I've got another waypoint to to look for. Okay, great. Boom. I'm, I'm I'm already on that. You know, once again, you know, uh for from a safety standpoint, uh <coughs> kind of like uh I do have to bring up because there there are some guys uh that I know uh <laughs> that are maybe not quite as tough as they think they are. And so in a real-world scenario, you know, oh, you know, you got a couple thugs coming at you they are going to take your car or carjack you, or you're at the gas station trying to get gas, and somebody wants gas, you know, worse than you do. And mm. uh, suddenly, like, oh, okay, well, you have to know yourself pretty well. You have to know your abilities. You have to know, okay, um, here's the deal. You know, you could be Billy Badass, and you could be, um, you know, uh, Bruce Lee Reincarnate, but here's the deal. Every time you enter into a physical confrontation with somebody that just raises your your uh, chances of getting hurt maimed or killed yep okay yeah you may be able to take out the bad guy but once again do you really need to can you find a, a way to steer clear of it okay can you think you know use your noodle a little bit maybe talk your way out of it uh can you be a uh you know once again self-deprecating humor anything you know there are a, a multitude of options that maybe uh keep you from having to put hands on somebody When you don't have to. Okay, great, but you know yourself well enough that, hey, um, okay, this may not be the best idea. As you're coming up to a gas station, once again, why put yourself in that scenario? Okay, there you go. Okay, well, I I thought ahead well enough that I, I have a full tank of gas. Okay, I'm down to only, you know, I've only burned a quarter tank of gas. But you know what, maybe I can top off before I get out of town, which is a great idea. But you approach a gas station, you look over, holy crap, there's a mob in that gas station. Are you just going to blindly drive into that mob to try to get gas? Or are you just going to bypass that since I already have some gas, I just bought myself an option? Most okay.
1: people would pull into that mob.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Because I want that Mars candy bar and by damn it. You know. <laughs> but once again, you just you just uh, gave yourself even more options. You know, And once it, I know it sounds pathetically simple to uh, many of us especially those of us that are first responders that happen to listen to this uh, podcast or scenario well yeah duh <laughs> of course well, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> no, and, and
1: here's here's a here's a, a an example okay so I'm cruising along and it's the last gas station before you know I get out of town and I want to top off I look there's nobody there so I get out I throw the nozzle in, I'm filling up my truck, and then all of a sudden I look up and there's 25 people standing in front of me holding baseball bats and hammers and, and ice picks and everything else. Do you honestly think that I am going to get out of my truck
0: to say something to them? I know you well enough. If you have a warhammer in your hand, you're getting out of your truck.
1: Well, that's beside the point.
0: I know you. Uh, I know what's going to happen. But
1: no, but, I'm not even going to get out of my truck to put the nozzle back. But what I will do, I will put this big sumbitch in drive and hammer the gas.
0: Yeah, but how, how are you going to clean off all the spatter and stuff on the bumper? I'm not. I'm going to let it stay there. Yeah, but it might affect your gas mileage. Okay, you're not too concerned about that. Nah. Okay. It's just, it's okay. just It's just bigger bugs. That's all. Okay, oh, Well, in that case, you're right. That's a good you way know, to think about it. I, you know. I don't drive a you know eight thousand pound truck for nothing. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, we might be driving bigger trucks here pretty soon.
1: I, well, I'm okay with that, dude.
0: Yeah. See, we but, have a lot of compensation you know, to make up. This.
1: For. This mean. is. This is an option that the majority of people do not put on the table because of the way that they were brought up. Oh, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. I got news for you. If they get a hold of you, you're gonna be in trouble.
0: You you might feel it. Yeah. You, you just might you feel will,
1: it. everything that you have will yeah. be gone and you will bleed you know, probably be bleeding from a few extra holes in your body. You know, I mean Okay, so if I stand on the gas and and I run through that crowd of people, oh no, I have a few dents in my truck where they hit my truck with a hammer. Oh, okay, big deal. But guess what? I'm still alive. I have no extra holes in my body. I have no broken bones. I'm not bleeding from any part of my body. And I'm down the road.
0: See, once again, an excellent point, Frank. What we need to do is advocate for everyone to go out and purchase a um, um, reconstituted military five-ton truck. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody should be driving uh, as a daily driver. Military five-ton trucks. Let me tell you what. Those suckers. Oh, I mean, wait. I can I make it even better.
1: A five-ton truck. Fine. No problem. But we switch it up to where... The state adopts no-fault insurance.
0: Well, you know, I think we're going to come to a point here rather quickly. uh, This this whole wealth transfer thing, uh, we may be self-insured before we we know it. (laughs) (laughs) If certain things keep going the way they are. But, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. So, you know... You hit me, uh, you know, uh, well, you, you want your car fixed, you use your insurance. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm more than okay with that.
0: Well, I'm telling you, they're, they're do amazing.
1: You know, do you know the, the possibility that traffic would um, flow very smoothly after about the first three months of that?
0: You mean people might actually set down their cell phones and actually focus on driving skills?
1: Yeah, are you, is that what you're trying to say? There, there are there is a faction of, of society that would gladly put you in the ditch because you're driving like an idiot and get
0: away with it. You know, I've heard that from someplace before. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think
0: you're on to something. Yeah,
1: you you get in front of somebody that you know, say has the same mindset as me, and you want to play the brake check game. <laughs>
0: Okay. We, back in the day, I think we called that uh, self-correcting problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, or Darwinism. You know. Well, well, that's well, of course that's what I used to my, my uh, the SFR I, I coined uh, before I went out west because everybody kept asking me why do you want to go to Colorado why do you want to go to Colorado I said the SFR <laughs> and he said well what's the SFR I said the stupid effer ratio of course obviously i'm i'm you know <clears throat> we're we're on a a possibly family oriented uh, channel here <laughs> but the sfr they said well, wh- what do you mean i said well there are natural uh boundaries to the sfr and, and mitigators to the yeah. sfr out west well what do you mean well there's mountain roads with no guardrails. rails uh-huh. uh there are uh, bears uh-huh. uh moose mountain lions yeah mountain lions and ranchers with great big freaking rifles mounted in their vehicles, yeah, with with bull bars on them. I said, "It's great." I said, "The stu- the SFR is much lower out there per capita than it is here." Mm-hmm. Obviously, when I say per capita, there's a lot more people in the Midwest. You know, the further east you go, you get far more stupid efforts. You know, uh, the further toward the East Coast you go. Um, and you can attest after living in DC and all that uh. stuff I mean you you had to live with it firsthand but that's the whole thing that's why I like it out west I like it in the mountains because you know what the only people that live in the mountains are people that want to be away from other people and bad guys mm-hmm. I'm fully trained on, I can handle bad guys just fine I mean I've handled them I, I don't they don't scare me I, I, I you know whatever it's the it's the the stupid effers that concern the hell out of me. So I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that's the whole thing. Uh, The the, the SFR is a viable concern when you're thinking about making your plans, just like uh, Frank alluded as far as, you know, trying to move through traffic and and things like that is, you know, you've got that uh, SFR variable there that you have to consider. So um, you have to expect people to do the wrong thing around you. Okay, And that, once again, if, if you're on that level, then you can learn to uh, anticipate a little bit of, of, of things, if you will. So Yeah, and
1: that's, that's just it. You know, in, a, in an emergency situation, common sense is gone. You know, the common courtesy of, oh, yeah, you want to get in my lane to get in front of me? That doesn't happen. Everybody is only focused on themselves, and you know, if you get in their way, oh guess what? You just became collateral damage.
0: Yeah As one of my dear friends would say, uh, somebody had to pay the stupid tax." Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing: we all suffer the stupid tax. None of us are above being stupid. OK? I yeah. don't care who, who you think you are. We all make mistakes, we all screw up, we all do things haphazardly at times, you know, very different times than others or what have you, but none of us are above the the level of stupid at any given time. No. Now, once again, what separates the men from the boys? How you handle it. Okay, if you choose just to ignore it and keep repeating the same mistakes, then okay, fine. You're you're left in your own little you know, we you can take the dumbed down version of an OODA loop and there you go. Okay. <laughs> or the, the rest of us, you know, we want to get on with life and try to mature at some point in time. I mean, us knuckle draggers will never mature, but yeah, we, no. we still try to make an effort once in a while. But the whole thing is, well, that's- no,
1: that's not necessarily true. You know, it's in the beginning, you're, you're, you're happy to kick the door in. Uh, and then you progress to, well, I'm just going to use my shoulder and then you progress to screw it. I'm going to run my truck through the side of your house. Well, so you kind of mature. You're a right, bit. because
0: I got to the point where I just had my trainee do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm too old for it. The... Just, yeah, go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: you know, there are benefits to running a truck through the house. Too. I mean, you can breach the door and slash wall uh, and stop. In the middle of the living room and look around and go, oh, I need one of those. So you reach out. You put it in the truck. You drive into the kitchen and go, oh, look, they have frosted flakes. I'll take that box and then drive well, through the out. Funny the you wall. should
0: mention that because you were just discussing your plan on modifying a Costco for drive through Costco uh-huh. before we started recording. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you have this little fetish about driving a big truck through uh, rather large buildings full of. Well, it, it's it's. Yeah. I'm not I'm not. Look, man, I'm not mad at you. I mean, I'm not trying to it's, judge you or anything. It's,
1: it's multifaceted. Okay, um, okay, so if I was to walk into the Costco, well, then I have opened myself up to. Uh, the possibility of somebody putting their hands on me okay then I have to worry about not only finding what I'm looking for but how am I going to remove those items from the store so if I was to say drive through the front door Nobody's going to put their hands on me. No, no. Okay. Then I can leisurely drive up and down the aisles until I find what I'm looking for. Look around. There's nobody around. Open the door. Get out. Grab two or three cases. Throw it in the back. Shut the door. And drive down the aisle to the next little bit of goodies that I'm looking for. And then when I'm done and I have, you know, got what I was looking for. I can just drive out the way I came in and be gone.
0: Okay, I only have one question for you.
1: Hmm.
0: What if you need tires and have them mounted and balanced?
1: Well, that's when you have to have, uh, you know, help. Okay. So then you drive in.
0: Do you get the tires mounted and balanced... Prior to driving in the front door or after driving through the front door? Well, no, actually
1: you would use your old tires to drive through just in case you, you know, got any
0: damage from, you know, You you wouldn't want to risk messing up your new treads.
1: No. So then you drive in and, uh, you know, you have your friend block everybody so you can get out, pick the tires you want, throw them in the back of the truck. And then
0: okay, I see. shop. So you're talking about a tag team setup, yeah. then.
1: Okay, then? Okay. Then you would shop, you know, what you needed, and filled everything up, and then drive out, and you would leave. Okay. And then come back later
0: to have them mounted and
1: balanced after hours, and then you just drive through their little bay doors they have, and pull into the lot, you know, the little bay right there, and. You take the tires off and break them off the rim, and you mount them, you balance them, you put them on your truck. Meanwhile, you have one or two guys outside
0: watching. Oh, okay. I see how you do it. So you're talking about like a self-serve tire service thing then? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, you wouldn't have to rely on the the employees to actually...
1: No, I don't think they would be too... um...
0: You don't? I don't think they'd be too up to uh, me... I, I don't know why. I mean, you could you know, buy them a, one of those Costco hot dogs or something. I mean, aren't those still like, uh, you know, a, a buck twenty-five or something like that? Well, you know, I,
1: if I, if I was gonna do it, I wouldn't be buying a dollar twenty-five hot dog, but I would be using a point forty-five coin
0: to get. Well, my okay, I guess. But I just. Man, I don't. Know. I, I. It's just the foodie in me. I, I just, you know, oh. I just couldn't turn down. But know, see, that
1: that's a whole other reason to drive food, through. You know. So you pull up to where they cook their food. Yeah. And you hop the cur the the counter and you take everything out of there. Oh, okay. And okay. And throw it
0: in the back of the truck. So I got you. Gotcha. You
1: get the stuff that's already cooked plus the stuff that
0: needs to be cooked. Gotcha. Okay. So you're set. So you you're you're, you're, you're practicing the big and... grab move. Right. And then okay, gotcha. Okay.
1: Right. See, I, I get and then it. when you you know, you do a nice little donut and you know, and kinda knock stuff out of the way and you drive out the door and you're already on the road and gone. Before people go, You'd never believe what happened.
0: What the hell just happened? Right. That guy in this big dark colored pickup truck just drove through the front doors.
1: But if that was the case, it'd be like, oh, my God, there was this guy that came through in a green five-ton and just demolished everything.
0: But then you'd have 45,000 people trying to video the whole thing, and they'd be videoing, other people videoing what they were trying to video on the video thing on their phone, and, and really they would get well, a bunch then, of video. That...
1: Then you would just change their focus, because when everybody's standing around videoing each other, you hear,
0: <sighs>
1: splat. Then it would be focused on that and not me loading up the back.
0: Yeah, we'd have a heinous scene of of hot dog uh, violence. Yeah, it'd be it, it'd,
1: it'd literally be full of hot dog water all over the floor. Oh my gosh!
0: See, I don't know. I think that's a bigger crime than anything. I mean, just wasting hot dog. I, I just. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further, uh, we do not advocate breaking the law of any shape, size, or uh, function, and uh, just don't do anything what uh, he just described is not a good thing. Please remember that. We're just a couple of knuckle-draggers here for Cheap Entertainment, and uh, uh, please don't sue us. We did not recommend a thing. Um... I think that covers, does that not cover most. But
1: uh, if you do, uh, make sure you film it and send it to me because I I really want to watch.
0: Yes. If you're offended, please remain offended at all costs. Please, I implore you, remain offended at all costs. And if
1: you're not, don't worry, you're next.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, on that note, that pretty well wraps up this edition. I I think we've uh, pretty much, uh, well, we've made a mockery of everything, so (laughs) I think we're done. Well, well, then we're good. I'm Fred.
1: Frank. See y'all. Bye.